0: Turn, if you would, in the uh, back of the hymnal um, to Lord's Day 25. It's all the way in the back if you're visiting. We go through the Heidelberg Catechism uh, sequentially. It's page 882 in the back. Heidelberg Catechism, if you are unfamiliar with it, is a document from the Protestant Reformation. Uh, It uses a biblical and actually a method that Jesus himself used to teach, and that is uh, questions and answers. And though it is a human document, it is a biblical document in that it follows the outline of the book of Romans. Uh, That is sin, salvation, and service. Uh, misery, uh, guilt, uh, grace, and gratitude, misery, deliverance, gratitude, however you may know those three sections. We're here in the second section, which deals with deliverance from sin and misery through the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come today to Lord's Day 25 uh, dealing with sacraments, and I'll have more to say about that momentarily. But if I read the question, would you please respond uh, with the answer? So question 65, It is uh, by faith alone that we share in Christ and all his benefits. Where does that faith come from? The Holy Spirit works it in our hearts by the preaching of the Holy Gospel and confirms it by the use of the holy sacraments. And what are sacraments? Sacraments are visible holy signs and seals. They were instituted by God so that by our use of them, He might make us understand more clearly the promise of the gospel and seal that promise. And this is God's gospel promise. He grants us forgiveness of sins and eternal life by grace because of Christ's one sacrifice accomplished on the cross. Are both the word and the sacraments then intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground of our salvation? Yes, indeed. Very good. And uh, we'll be looking at those sequentially in a moment. But if you would open your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Now, a couple of things as you're turning there. One, the term sacraments might sound somewhat odd, <clears throat> but it is a, uh, a term that has been used in the church uh, down throughout the centuries, um, and it refers to the two sacraments which Christ has instituted, that is, baptism and the Lord's Supper. And I hope to uh, adequately explain the use of that term uh, in the course of the sermon this morning. Um, the other thing that might seem odd is why are we turning to Romans chapter 10 uh, to talk about sacraments? And that is because the sovereign God has sovereignly ordained not only the ends which he has appointed, but also the means to those ends. It's very important to keep that together. And that's what we learn in Romans chapter 10. We're going to look just at verse 17, all right? Actually, we're not. Let's back up in um, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Now, if you've been here for any length of time, you notice that I skipped over a word there. And that is because this is talking about Jesus Christ being heard. All right? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, who's Jesus, right? How then will they call on Jesus, in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him, whom they have never heard? They've never heard Jesus, right? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? That is, when uh, a faithful man gets up and faithfully explains and applies this text, it's no longer Paul Murphy, Dan Ragusa, uh, or Tim Keller, whoever you want. Uh, that you hear. Rather, it is Jesus Christ that you hear. That's what this text is conveying to us, right? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing Christ. Hearing through the word of Christ, all right? God has sovereignly ordained the end, that is, salvation of certain individuals, and God has sovereignly ordained, along with the end, the means by which that end will be achieved or accomplished, and that is, through hearing the word, all right? And that uh, comports with our uh, catechism lesson today. Uh, with It talks about where does faith come from, all right? The Holy Spirit works in, in our hearts by the preaching of the Holy Gospel, hence this text, all right? So, just a little... Justification, there, if you will, a little exegetical justification. All right, four points uh, to the sermon uh, this morning. Uh, first of all, a preface. Secondly, uh, the purpose of the sacraments. Thirdly, the parts of the sacraments. And fourthly, the pointers uh, of the sacraments. All right. So, preface, purpose, pointer, uh, pointers, and parts. All right. First of all, uh, preface. All right. We've already talked about. Um, Uh, We're in the second part of the Heidelberg Catechism, and uh, previous to this, we've covered the nature of faith, the contents of faith, the benefits of faith, all right, and justification by faith. And here we're dealing with the sacraments. Now, if you are familiar with the Heidelberg Catechism, you might be somewhat um, quizzical um, because this section of the Catechism is 20 questions, on two sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, So, uh, 20 questions, the next 20 questions are devoted to the sacraments. Uh, You might ask, why here? Why this section? Uh, And why so many questions? All right? Well, why here? Because we're in the second section of the catechism, dealing with deliverance from sin and misery through the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And sacraments, all right, are pictures of salvation. As we'll see, they point us to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. So that's why we study about sacraments in this section, deliverance from sin and misery through the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? Secondly, why so many questions? Twenty questions. It's a lot. It's a lot even for me, all right? Well, there's such great emphasis on the sacraments, uh, even though there's only one question on the Trinity. There's only one question in the Catechism on the Church, all right? There's no questions on the doctrine of Scripture or the Bible, all right? Why so many? Twenty on sacraments. Well, in 1563, when the Catechism was written, all right, There was a great controversy over sacraments, all right? Basically, there were four views, all right? There was the Roman Catholic view of the sacraments, which said that the sacraments actually save you, all right? In the Roman Catholic system of salvation, you are saved by means of participation in the sacramental system. Baptismal regeneration, when you're baptized, and then increasing uh, grace through the sacramental system as you go on through life. And they believed there were seven sacraments, all right? More on that another time. The second view was the Lutheran view. And uh, I don't want to go into uh, uh, historical theology class here, but the Lutheran view was very similar to the Roman Catholic view, all right? Suffice it to say that, uh, that it was tied to salvation, Then there were were, uh, Anabaptists, all right, and others who said that the Lord's Supper and baptism were insignificant. They were just memorials, all right? We remember, do this in remembrance of me. And certainly we celebrate the Lord's Supper in remembrance of Jesus, but it's much more than that, hopefully, as we'll see, uh, sign, all right? And they believed that baptism was a sign of faith, all right? So I'm getting baptized because I believe I am uh, demonstrating my obedience to Jesus Christ by declaring uh, my faith uh, to the world by being baptized as the disciple and a follower of Jesus, rather than seeing it as covenantal, all right, uh, in line with other things uh, in the Bible, and we'll look at that today. Now, why do I mention that in this preface? Well, because there's still great confusion and controversy over the sacraments down to this day, all right? Roman Catholic Church, obviously, Lutheran Church, actually the Lutheran Church is divided um, in their views of sacraments. And the majority of Protestants today would not look at uh, the Lord's Supper and Baptism as sacraments at all. So we still live with these things uh, 360 years after uh, this document was written. So hopefully you can say, well, all right, let's learn then, all right? So, okay, so that's the preface. What about the purpose? Well, question 65. It's by faith alone that we uh, share in Christ and all his benefits. Where does that faith come from? The Holy Spirit works it in our hearts by the preaching of the Holy Gospel and confirms it by the use of the sacraments. What's the purpose of the Lord's Supper and baptism? It's to confirm or affirm, all right, uh, the Gospel. This is very important, okay? God has chosen to work through means. The Holy Spirit creates faith, all right? The Holy Spirit creates faith through preaching. That's what we read in verse 17. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. But then, by the sacraments, the Holy Spirit... Get this, all right? The Holy Spirit is at work in the hearts of those who believe... When we uh, administer the sacraments, what is he doing? He's confirming the gospel promise, all right? The Holy Spirit uses means to confirm that, all right? So, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is working uh, through the word and through the sacraments. Very important to keep the Holy Spirit and the word uh, together, all right, in order to avoid error okay? So, God uses means, the Holy Spirit brings people to faith uh, through the preaching of the word, but after that faith is created, it needs to be strengthened and increased, all right? This is what is referred to as the means of grace. How does God, excuse me, how does God strengthen faith? How does God increase faith? You may say, I've never heard of such a thing, all right? Well, You've heard the expression uh, of the person in the New Testament who says, Lord, help my unbelief, or increase my faith, right? Or you have little faith, all right? So not all faith is equal, all right? Faith is produced by the Holy Spirit, brings us to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but not everyone's faith is equal. There are those who have little faith. There are those who have great faith. There are those who have weak faith. There are those who have strong faith, all right? And how does God strengthen and increase faith? Very important, all right? Very important for everybody here. Because we should all want to increase and strengthen our faith, right? Lord, help my unbelief. Well, how does God do that? He does that through preaching and the sacraments. These are the primary means of grace. This is why it's important to be in church, Every Sunday, all right? You say, oh, I listen to podcasts. I I like R.C. Sproul or Sinclair Ferguson or, you know, I got the Year app on my phone and I listen all week. Well, you know, you may catch the sermon, but you may not catch the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit may not catch you. God has ordained preaching in corporate worship as the primary means of grace to increase and strengthen your faith. And if I could put in a plug here, this is why it's important to be at two services on Sunday. Now, I'm obviously preaching to the choir here, all right? But if you want your faith strengthened and increased, you can't do it by skimping out on hearing preaching, all right? And podcasts or whatever, YouTube videos, don't cut it, all right? This is not self-promotion. It's church promotion, right. The church is the body of Christ, not your iPhone. All right. You don't have electronic pastors. You don't have electronic preachers, however much you might be edified by a word. All right. God has ordained preaching as the primary means of grace and the sacraments. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we do it here once a month. The frequency of the Lord's Supper is another question. It's very hard to nail down uh, a frequency of, for celebrating the Lord's Supper. We have settled on once a month. all right. And then baptism, whether it's baptism of a child or an adult. We'll deal with that another time. All right? God is strengthening and increasing faith by this. All right? So, very important. All right? After faith is created, it needs to be strengthened and increased. God confirms it. By the use of the holy sacraments, all right? <clears throat> so, the purpose, preface, purpose, the parts, question 66. What are sacraments? Visible, holy, signs, and seals. Visible, holy, signs, and seals, all right? First of all, they're visible. They're for us to see, very important boys and girls do you ever play show and tell at home no you don't do that in the Santana household in the Morales household show and tell no ah, you're all too young show and tell show and tell sacraments are like show and tell the sacraments we show the gospel in pictures right and when we preach we hear the gospel in words it's like Like show and tell. Ask your parents about show and tell when you go home today, all right? So this is like in church with show and tell, all right? They're visible for us to see. Very important. It it strengthens and increases our faith. Yes, isn't it enough? Is something lacking in the preached word? No, it's not as if something's lacking. But God is giving us an additional reference, an additional means by which he strengthens and increases faith so that you can actually see it. It's visible, all right? Then it's holy, all right? The word sacrament comes from the Latin sacrare, all right? Which means uh, uh, sacred or holy or literally mysterious. The sacrament's mysterious. Why? Because in the hearts of those who believe, the Holy Spirit's at work. The Holy Spirit is at work. To strengthen and increase your faith by showing you the gospel visibly, all right? So very important, okay? It's holy, all right? Um, And that's why, if I could just say this, this is why the sacrament should only be performed by those that are ordained and should only be administered in the context of a worship service. Because they're holy, all right? Now, I don't know about you, but in my experience with North American evangelicalism, I have people, you know, they celebrate communion in front of Benny Hinn on TV, you know, uh, or stuff like that. that. That's just out of bounds. Or you go to a Christian conference, maybe a great conference, it might be great songs, it might be great teaching, but you shouldn't be celebrating the Lord's Supper at a Christian conference. And just anybody and everybody should not be celebrating the Lord or administering the Lord's Supper. They're holy. Holy, only ordained ministers, only in a corporate worship service, all right? You don't have uh, private celebrations of the Lord's Supper. So it's visible, it's holy, it's a sign. Now, what's a sign? We're all familiar with signs, even if you think you're not, all right? A sign is a visible indication of an invisible reality. All right? When you come over the Brooklyn Bridge, either you've walked it or you've driven it or you've bicycled, when you go over the Brooklyn Bridge, you see a sign and it says, Welcome to Brooklyn. Now, nobody tries to climb up and hang on that sign to get into Brooklyn, right? No, you recognize that the sign is pointing to the borough of Brooklyn, which you'll get when you leave the bridge, right? Right? So it's an indicator, a visible indicator, of an invisible reality, the borough of Brooklyn or the geographical uh, area of Brooklyn. It's a sign that's pointing you to something, all right? Just as a road sign points travelers to a destination, the sacraments point us to Jesus Christ, it teaches us an object lesson. The object lesson is the promise of the gospel, all right? The promise of the gospel. That's invisible. But that, sacraments point us to that. It's a sign. And here's another thing the Catechism says. Sacraments are visible, holy signs, and seals. Now, we don't use seals much anymore unless you're into calligraphy or some fancy kind of writing, right? But a seal, maybe if you watch movies about the Middle Ages uh, or back in Roman days or something, the the ruler would write a document on a scroll and he would roll it up and he would pour wax on it and he would seal it with the king's seal. Now, why was that? Because it was given to a messenger and it was sent to somebody a hundred miles away. And when that person a hundred miles away got it, how did he know it came from the king? It could have come from Joe Schmoe, right? It could have come from Sammy Schlemiel. How do you know it came from the king? Because it's got the king's seal and the seal hasn't been broken. (gasps) A message is coming from the king, right? Well, that's what a seal is in the sacraments. God seals his promise, the promise of the gospel, all right? in uh, in the sacraments to all who believe. God promises forgiveness of sins and eternal life. This is very important, alright? Because when we administer the Lord's Supper, probably most of us understand the bread is representative of the broken body of Jesus Christ, the wine is representative of the blood shed of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life, right? So, we have But the seal is there. What God is intending to convey and to communicate to his children is that as surely as you see this, as surely as you touch this, as surely as you taste this, as surely as you smell this, as surely as your senses affirm and confirm the reality of the bread and wine, so sure is my promise That your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life not because of what you have done but because of what jesus christ has done for you believe that and god the holy spirit works in the hearts of the hearers to strengthen us and to increase our faith thank you lord that you assure me very interesting Assurance is a perennial pastoral problem. I've been in ministry 35 years. I can't tell you how many times over the course of 35 years, both when I pastored in Michigan and pastoring in New York, people in the congregation have come or other Christians that I talk to and say, how do I know if I'm a Christian? I just think I'm not a Christian. Lack of assurance is such a perennial problem amongst Christians in the church. God has given us the sacraments to assure you that, yes, your sins are forgiven. Yes, you have eternal life. It doesn't depend on the strength of your devotional life. It doesn't depend on the performance of your Christian life. It doesn't depend on how many times you've been to church. It doesn't depend on how many chapters in your Bible reading plan you've read. It doesn't matter whether or not you slipped or you slid or you fell or you failed. It depends on the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. Believe that. Believe that. And be assured of your salvation. And then pointer. Question 67. Are both the word and the sacraments then intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground of our salvation? Yes, indeed. The Holy Spirit teaches us in the gospel and confirms by the sacraments that our entire salvation rests on Christ's one sacrifice for us on the cross. Very easy to see and we're going to have to defer some of this, all right, but very easy to see when we celebrate the Lord's Supper how that's pointing us to Jesus Christ, right? But baptism also points us to Jesus Christ. Quick preview. We'll deal with this in subsequent Lord's Days. Jesus says to his disciples on the eve of his arrest and crucifixion, I have a baptism to undergo that you don't know. What's he talking about? He's talking about the cross. And he refers to the cross as a baptism that he must undergo. So even baptism is pointing us to the cross of Jesus Christ as the only ground and foundation of our salvation. All right? So the Holy Spirit is at work to nourish, to increase and strengthen faith, to assure believers of their salvation because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. This is why what the Holy Spirit is doing when we have the sacraments is somewhat mysterious. And you can see here, somewhat of the beauty, if you will, of the Reformed understanding of the Bible's teaching on this subject, all right? If you look at Roman Catholics and Lutherans, on the one hand, they believe that the sacraments actually save you. Well, that would be robbing Jesus of his glory, wouldn't it? You're saved because of participation in the sacramental system instead of... By, by repenting and believing in this one sacrifice, all-sufficient sacrifice of Jesus? No. We know, we know that's wrong, right? But that's one extreme. On the other extreme are those in the Christian church who downplay the sacraments and say, no, 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 we don't refer to baptism and the Lord's Supper as sacraments. That's too Catholic, right? No, they're ordinances. That's missing out. This is too high of you of the sacraments? This is too low of you of the sacraments? The middle road, the via media, is not to go beyond what scripture teaches so that you wind up with too high a view, but not to leave out what scripture teaches with respect to the sacraments either. You have to take everything that the Bible says, all right. and what the Bible says is that the Holy Spirit is mysteriously at work in the hearts of those who believe, to nourish, strengthen, increase, and assure our faith. Now, we'll have opportunity to see this. If you're somewhat dubious, then we'll, that's why there are 20 questions, right? Because we still need a greater increase of our understanding, all right? Uh, so that we don't, on the one hand, go too high, but on the other hand, we don't go too low. We wanna take everything that scripture has to say about this. Just one more preview. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we say, this is a participation in the body and blood of Christ, right? A fellowship, a koinonia. Think about that one word. It's not a celebration. It's not a commemoration. It's a participation in the body and blood of Jesus Christ. It's much more than commemoration. It's much more than celebration. It's actually participation. That's why Paul can say to the Corinthians, you've sinned against the body and blood of Jesus. Whoa. A little preview, all right? More next time. Question 68, just quickly, how many sacraments are there? Are there only two? There aren't seven. There aren't 27. There aren't 22. There aren't one. There are two. Why? Because Jesus ordained only two. That's why. We don't go beyond what scripture says. So anyway, more to come uh, in the future. For now, let's pray. Father, we ask that you would increase our faith, that you would strengthen us. We are thankful for the preaching of your word, uh, by which we gain understanding, continue to increase our understanding of the teaching of your word, and all these things, that we might grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, whom to know is eternal life. And we ask it in Jesus' name, and for his sake, amen.